Do I have everybody's attention now? Ladies and gentlemen. Hey, yo. Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the Introducing first, from parts unknown, our resident Mark, Johnny Smart. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Next, coming down the aisle, the unstoppable force, the immovable object, Doc Haas. Haas. I can't help that I'm custom made. I can't help it that I look good, smell good, can dance all night long. And here is your host. The baby face of podcasting, JC Bowie. You know what? You just made the list. Elizabeth, go right now, go and left. Can I ask a question, Macho Man? Four question, question. You're listening to the fourth wall wrestlecast. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. Wall. And what up, fam? Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. I am JC Bones. I am Doc Haas. And I am the third man, Johnny Smirks. And we are the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fourth Wall Cast. And if you like what you listen to today, be sure to tune in every Saturday and check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Before we begin, I want to give a huge shout out and congratulations to everyone over at the Rant with Ant family. That's oh. Ant, Phil, Isa, and G-Rod for sweeping the WrestleHub Podcast Awards this year. They brought home multiple awards, including Best Trio, Most Informative, Best Review, and they are now the reigning, defending, undisputed 2018 Podcast Award of the Year champions so congratulations everyone it is great to be part of the team and part of the family that's right fourth wall fam wrestle addict radio which is a partner of rant with ant is going to be the new home for the fourth wall WrestleCast starting in january of 2019 will still be available on itunes Yay. soundcloud and google play will be on the wrestle addict radio feed so once again, congrats, guys and gals, and it's great to be a part of the team. But that's going to happen in 2019. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the Mixed Match Challenge, how they have been plagued with injury, as well as the Royal Rumble stipulation now offered to the winner of the tournament. We're going to discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly of Starcade. We're going to take an adventure on the indies and introduce two new segments. One is called The Third Brand. The other is called Hashtag Be Involved. We're going to discuss some upcoming events, including the first ever NXT UK TakeOver. Plus, we're going to discuss the build to TLC so far. So without further ado, my good brothers. What's up, guys? How you been? Howdy. How are you? <laughs> Someone, had on, late night gig. Someone had a late night gig last night. Oh, my Here God. I'm so, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. 
playing hey. drums. Uh, I'm tired. <laughs> Did you know the special guest for today's show is Eeyore? Because that's, <laughs> that's me. Oh, Yo, oh, go, to see Skinner, go to see Skinner tonight. What? Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, my mom scored free tickets. Big nice. ups to mom. <laughs> what the world, the rest of the world doesn't know. Well, I'm sure they know by now that the three of us are musicians, and uh, in our in our real lives, we uh, we love music too. Yes, we all. That's another close passion to us. Yeah, one day you're going to get a whole uh, whole uh, show on uh, wrestling theme songs, and I'm going to analytically break down every single great wrestling theme song from Sexy Boy <laughs> to Real American. I have uh, I have something crazy to tell you. Uh, for those of you that don't know, my real job is I am a high school band director. And after nine years, I finally decided that my band will be playing classical pieces as performed as entrance music to wrestlers. Uh, over the course of the year, we will be doing also Sprague Zarathustra, which uh, is famously uh, Ric Flair's theme. Yeah. Most people only know that as Ric Flair's Ric Flair's theme. theme. It's the Ric Flair uh, song. It's the Ric Flair yeah. song. <laughs> uh, this this upcoming season in the, in the uh, in the uh, oh my god, it's not even the spring in the winter. Uh, one of my groups is going to be doing um, oh my god, I can't even think. Uh, pictures of an exhibition, which uh, Great Gate of Kiev is, uh, or is it Bobby Yaga? Whichever one of the movements is Jared uh, King Lawler's. Yeah, Great, Great Gate, Gate. Mm-hmm. is a uh, Jared yeah. Jared. Uh, King Lawler's theme. Um, I wanted to do a little Ride of the Valkyrie, but um, yeah. Daniel O'Brien theme for those of you who don't know. (laughs) And also, I really wanted to do like the full pomp and circumstance because that, you know, that's Randy Savage. But if I do that and they do a good job, we're going to be forced to play graduation. And I ain't about that. that. No one wants to do that. Also, man, you can can now do um, the New World Symphony thanks to. German NXT guy. I call him the World Symphony guy because I'm not really sure what his Marcel name is. Marcel Barthel. That's the one I'm Dude. talking about. Yo, New World Johnny Symphony Bones. guy. <clears throat> Johnny Bones, do you remember at NXT um, at, at in Tom's River, uh, he came out with Fabian Eichner, and the back of his trunk said like something that started with mine, like it was a play on Mein Kampf. Yeah. And the Jew, the Jew rage in me. <laughs> Just came out I'm like this guy's a goddamn Nazi. Dude, he does to- like yep. he kind of does the Hitler thing a little bit in the rain. It's a little awkward. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I um, yeah. I as as a Jewish boy, Jewish man. It was it was interesting to see that. But I, I he didn't he didn't break character. I yelled as much as I could. Bones. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. And the dude just did not break character. I was trying to get him to heckle me, but. I guess uh, they, they've taught him that people are going to heckle him for being Nazi-like. Yeah, I'm sure Triple H has uh, clearly drawn the line for him. <laughs> I actually took notes on him. It's funny we started off talking about Marcel Barthel, but I took notes. I think he's going to be a force to reckon with. Uh, I actually he, do, he too. He really plays his character really well. He has a real <clears throat> innovative offense, and he yep. doesn't look bad in the ring. He's gonna I be- think he would have been... He would have been a force to reckon with in like 1949. Oh, God, I don't know about now, though. I don't know. Oh I, I think we're going to see him um, in some major storylines moving forward. I think sometime in 2019 is going to be a good year for Marcel Barthel. He's going to be the new no guy because he just screams nine all the time. Nine. nine. Big, I am a fan of the New World Symphony intro music. It's probably my favorite piece of classical music ever. I love New World, too. All right, enough about being music nerds. 
All right, guys, listen, we're going to start off today's show with a new segment called Hashtag Be Involved. This segment's going to be the op- give our fans, our listeners, members of the Fourth Wall Fam, an opportunity to talk with us and have us read your thoughts and your opinions on our show each week. Uh, last week's show, for those of you that tuned in, you got a chance to get to know myself, Johnny Smarks, and Doc Haas a little bit better, get to know what got us into wrestling, who some of our all-time favorites are. We got to take a trip down memory lane as we talked about some old-school wrestlers. Uh, so we actually had a fan of ours, uh, Robert. Robert does not have a Twitter, so he snail-mailed me a letter. Uh, no and he way. wanted to let us know his favorite wrestlers. So Robert's all-time favorite male wrestler was Bruno Sammartino, uh, which is nice. hands down a great pick. And Robert his present day, old. now he put down his present day favorites, uh, even though they may not be active as of today, but he has John Cena and The Rock. His favorite tag team of all time, you guys ready for this? The Bushwhackers, Cousin <laughs> Luke and Cousin Butch. No one can see me doing this, but I'm doing it. And his present-day favorite tag team is The Bar, Sheamus and Cesaro. That is quite the evolution of tag teams from the Bushwhackers to The Bar. So that's really awesome, Robert. And also his favorite uh, female wrestlers, his past female wrestler was Wendy Richter. I mean, she was one of the originals, one of the OGs back from WrestleMania 1. And present-day favorite is going to be Bailey. So I think our, our fan Robert is a hugger. He is a member of the Bailey Hug Squad. So Someone thank you so much. Someone needs to expose Ro- him to Becky. Right. <laughs> so thank you again so much, Robert, for reaching out to us and being involved. So please, we encourage all of our fans, all of our listeners to be involved. Send us an email or tweet at us and hashtag <laughs> be involved, and we will be sure to read your comments and opinions and thoughts on our show each and every week. So, gentlemen, last Sunday they had the Starcade event. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good event, man. For, for a live show feel, I thought the whole show, start to finish, was produced really well. Doc, I know you thought the same. So, Doc, why don't you talk about what you thought about the show overall? I'll start with the good because you were talking about the production. I've said this a, a lot of times. I never said it much on the cast, but I've said it when I've talked wrestling with many people. There's something I really don't enjoy about the modern like TV product. It is the actual pro- the production, the presentation of it. I don't like all the close-ups on the moves. I miss like where the camera was out. You can see the whole rain, like the whole rain shot. Um, I, I feel like when you have all these close-ups and he's like, sometimes like the camera's like zooming in, zooming out, zooming in, zooming out. Like every time they the hit someone. They're... Yeah. And you miss the moves half the time and you miss you get, there's no effect. I think part of the problem we watch like raw and SmackDown nowadays is the fact that the production isn't done the same. So to see less cameras and only have close-ups when they mean something and not overuse it, I thought was fantastic. I, I liked the rain entrance I, I'm kind of over the Titan Tron. I know it's been around for about 20 years now, and it's been like quite an establishment on Raw. But I really feel like this overproduction of the TV tapings nowadays and the pay per views really takes away from the wrestling element of it. And at the end of the day, it's still a fucking wrestling show. So you should do what best enhances the wrestling. And it also 
all the production gives the, the the performers and the wrestlers something to hide behind, and there's nothing. You know, you can't you can't make as much of a connection. It's not as organic. It's not as natural. And I feel like Starcade had an awesome feel, and I wish more TV tapings were like that. I love the the, the 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 stripped back feel. So that was my good of Starcade. Doc, I couldn't agree more. I loved the stripped down, almost MTV. Uh, you know what was it called? Oh, MTV Unplugged uh, <laughs> version of pro wrestling we got from Starcade. I, I remember going to house shows growing up, and you know it's just dark. There's a couple lights over the over the ring and I just, it, it was a great atmosphere and I agree. I wish there were more tapings like this. I know that they did a few, didn't they do one from MSG? Like when a network first opened and it was like this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. This isn't the first time. This isn't the first time the network's done something like this. Do we think that using the Starcade name for a stripped down show like this is a good idea? Cause Starcade stripped down. Starcade unplugged, maybe. I don't know. It could be a teaser for like, or they could be trying to test the name out again, and maybe they'll bring the pay-per-view back in the future. No, they used the name so they didn't lose the trademark. I'm I'm calling that. They had to use it to keep the trademark. Yeah, they they did something similar last year in 2017 with Starcade. Also, it was like a Mm -hmm. stripped-down live show where you only got to see on the network segments of it. You didn't get to see the whole thing. I I think they should just bring it back as the December pay-per-view. I, but stripped down like that? It doesn't have to be stripped down. I think they can make a full event out of it again. But I think the Starcade should be uh, should be a an annual pay per view again instead of just a live show like this. And well, I, I'm only saying that because there were some segments that did happen at Starcade that we did not get to see on the network. Like I agree. they were supposed to be Braun Strowman facing Baron Corbin, but because of Braun's injury, Bray Wyatt made his return and took on Baron Corbin, which would have been awesome. Everyone would have loved to have seen that. Yeah, but I know why we didn't see it. Why because not? It happened, and they have no creative plans for Bray Wyatt. He was just holding a place for Braun because they needed somebody in there, and why not him? Which is a goddamn shame because I am always going to be high up on Bray Wyatt. Oh, yeah. But me yeah, too. And I think he has a huge fan base, and his creative sucks with Bray. That, that's the problem. Uh, anyway, my good from Starcade. Uh, y- yes, Doc, John, I agree. The production was awesome, hands down. I loved watching the whole thing from start to finish. But one of my goods was in terms of storyline and character work was from the Miz TV segment with uh, when he interviewed Nakamura, which is my favorite, and Rey Mysterio, which was awesome. Mysterio was still selling the neck injury from the RKO from Randy Orton. And then that was supposed to be a one-on-one match, Mysterio versus Nakamura. Miz gets involved, and then out of nowhere, Rusev comes out and helps out Rey Mysterio, which I thought was awesome. Because, again, we haven't really seen Rusev on TV in a few weeks. And I've been saying it for weeks. Rusev needs to be involved in the U.S. title picture. And also, Nakamura needs something with substance. By the way, fam, we're going to have a couple special guests on the show, and their names are Peanut and Logan. My two dogs that are crying and playing right on the Zoe's right next to me, too. Zoe's on the show today, too. She's down here. So we no know all Marcus of our dogs are on the show today. Uh, no, Marcus. Marcus, no is Marcus? Back with, uh, Marcus is back with his rightful owner, my mother-in-law. <laughs> uh, but anyway, but I, I really liked uh, – I wasn't expecting there to be a, a legitimate winner between Nakamura and Mysterio. So having Miz interfere and having the match end was great. The addition of Rusev into the mix was awesome. I did like how they still – uh, continued the whole Rusev Nakamura thing this past Tuesday on SmackDown. 
Uh, we'll get to SmackDown a little bit later, even though that was a short segment. I think we're going to see Rusev now in the U.S. title picture for a little while. Uh, but that was my good from the show. Now, let's talk about the bad from Starcade. Doc, what do you got? It's funny what your, your good is, what my bad is. So my bad of Starcade was the part of, of uh, the Miz and Nakamura and Rusev Mysterio segment that you didn't talk about. That was the final decision in the match. I want to see Miz and Nakamura go over there. I think Nakamura needs some wins right now. He needs to reestablish that United States championship, and this is an easy way for him to get a win. I agree, but I think they really put over Rusev there. Notice how Rusev's the one who got the hot tag, and Rusev's the one who got the pin. I'm sick of them putting Rusev over on shows that people aren't watching. Like, they did it with, like, Rusev had, like, the best match with The Undertaker in years back at that first Saudi Arabia thing, nobody watched it. Now Rusev has it. this... Rusev has this... Yeah, we watched it because we're, we're wrestling nerds. But, like, the people who watch Raw and SmackDown and don't have the network don't even know that it happened, most likely. Here's another instance of Rusev having a great night and, and having getting the hot tag, getting the pin, and unless you have the network and you're a wrestling junkie, you didn't watch it. So it's awesome for us... But is it really awesome for Rusev in the long run? It's almost like, hey, we'll give you this. You can go win at Starcade, But, hey, make sure you show up to SmackDown and get your ass kicked this week, you know? We can be hopeful. (laughs) (laughs) I got you. Johnny, what do you think? So my bad. uh, My bad, I think, is what everyone thinks. uh, All the dark matches. Why don't we, you know, why did, why did we make this so big? I think we should have been able to see almost every match here. I get the Bray, the Bray Wyatt one. That could have been the dark match to start the show. But everything else here should have been on TV. Yeah, Bray, they could have put Bray on TV because you can't bring him back and, like, promote his return if creative doesn't have anything for him. And obviously the, creative has nothing for him. The goddamn B team beat the Revival. I would have loved to have seen that. No one wants to see the B team win ever. Shut up. No, I will not shut up. They suck. Mm-hmm. All right. What? Yeah, nothing. Move on. Well, the bad that I have from Starcade is the sound of Nia Jax's voice. And not That's just her bad? singing voice. Oh my goodness. Just You're her nice. voice in general. She ruined so many segments this week. Johnny, I'm sorry, man. I <laughs> am not on the Nia train. I cannot get up I can't get behind her, man. She is she's not good on the mic. She's not impressive in the ring. What the fuck is Tamina even doing there? She's just <laughs> standing behind Nia in the shadows. Legit I don't understand. I don't know what's going to happen with Nia Jax after she faces Ronda at TLC and loses to Ronda at TLC. But if they're trying to put her over as this monster heel, she should not be talking on the mic. She needs a mouthpiece. Her and Tamina need a mouthpiece. They could be booked as this monster Samoan female tag team with make them Paul Heyman girls. Oh man, that'd be awesome. If Paul Heyman, Paul Heyman could help put the two of them over, over so well, because right now on their own, they're shit in the bed. Every Paul Heyman's not a magician. Paul Heyman's not a magician. Okay. It's just because you can't just put anybody with Heyman and expect it to work. Like, Tamina has to look like she wants to be there. She kind of just stands there, just like that's stoic a, and does that's, absolutely that's, nothing. It's called a character. That's not a it character. Sucks. It sucks. sucks. It doesn't have to be good. Yes, it does. <laughs> 
So I more to me. You better be better than me. (laughs) Truth. I I have um, I have a confession. I I think Nye and I are breaking up. (gasps) No. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that? I don't think it's right. I Hmm. I I can't stand her anymore. (laughs) (laughs) What uh, what was the the, the breaking point, John? What was the breaking point? Um. Her voice. <laughs> you can't be with a woman who can't sing. <laughs> but I, I think I've moved on. I mean, Dana Brooke will always be my girl. But um, I think I found a new love, and her name is Rhea Ripley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Rhea Ripley was just crowned the first ever NXT UK Women's Champion this week. We, we spoke about it on past shows because it was common knowledge for a while. But yep. yeah, she's going to be awesome. Uh, she's going to run that women's division for a while. I don't see her losing that title for a long time. Mm, yeah, I don't know if there's really any viable. Uh, are you are you going to put it on? Uh, are you going to put it on uh, Bailey number two? Tony Storm. I think Tony well, Storm, Dakota Kai. I think she not, has some really not, good competition. Uh, not Dakota Kai. Not, not Dakota, Dakota Kai, Kai is Tony fake Storm. ass Bailey. Yeah, fake ass Bailey. That's right. Are you she, guys hating on, on Team Kick right now? I'm hating on Team Kick because I saw her do a promo with Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane this week on NXT. Oh, so and bad. Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane were both better than Dakota Kai, and they both don't speak English well. That's my wow, you think so? Kai. I, yeah. I agree with Doc. Okay. I'm not going to lie to you. The two of them look like a team, and it was like, oh, look. And here's Dakota uh, Kai. And there's Dakota Kai. Yep. More on that later, I think, though. Oh, man, yes. Go to guy gets a thumbs down from me. I'm sorry, guys. All right, so, John, I'm very sorry about your loss. I'm sorry that you and Naya had to part ways and start seeing other people. Get over it. But I think it's for the better. (laughs) I'll get over it. let's talk about the ugly from Starcade. Well, you stole my my ugly Thunderbones because my ugly was Naya Jackson. That was... The worst. First of all, how dare she interrupt Elias in the middle of one of Elias's greatest performances? We talk about how much better Elias has gotten at guitar. Like, yes. right? Yeah, yes. he's he's getting pretty good at that thing, man. He's yes. playing some pretty tasty licks. He's got some groove now. Um, and then on top of it, you get the goat Ric Flair in the ring, and we're in the middle of this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful song that that Elias is is is, is showering down to the masses in Cincinnati. And then Nia Jax did that thing whatever it was i don't know if it was singing i don't know if it was her impression of a cat dying but it was <laughs> the worst it was easily the worst segment on wwe all week guys i'm and, already i am already in a bad place why do we have to keep talking about this and because it was awful <laughs> it was terrible and the world i know needs it to was know we're not gonna accept naya jackson the main event here's the problem though i could see a world where naya beats ronda at tlc i really could Oh, it's a man. scary world, but it's raw, Ooh. and you know raw is capable of doing something like that. Huh. That's raw, all I got. Raw <laughs> loves to piss off their fans. They love to piss uh, off their fans. Convinced that that's what they live for. They live for heel shit booking, and I think Nia Jax might leave TLC the champ, despite her awful voice and her her giving us the ugliest moment far and away of Starcade. I, I will quit wrestling if Nia beats Ronda. But before Ruby Riot defeats Ronda. 
I would have quit wrestling if like Asuka didn't win the Battle Royal this week. I don't know if I'd quit wrestling if Nia won. I, I kind of – there's a part of me that's really interested in that train wreck. Is that bad? That's bad, isn't it? So, John, you're attracted you to the crazy ugly? ones. I think I'm going with what we're talking about here. I think it might be Nia. Um, I, I think that my bad and ugly are the same thing, though, other than that. I, I really wish we got the full event. I really do. Well, then it would be a pay-per-view, and then you'd have to rebrand it and have to be done completely different. Stop so. being logical. No, but we'll not stop being logical. When we okay. think logically, we get good product. Oh, well, let's talk about Raw then. I think. I think. <laughs> well, I, I was a little bit nicer to Naya by giving her my bad because ugly for me was uh, during that eight-woman tag team match. Dana Brooke went to do this cross body block off Stop the top it. rope to Stop it. Mickey James. I'm sorry, I'm talking about your new girl, John. <laughs> it's like it's like gang up on the third man day. Right. But Dana Gosh. Brooks, that cross body block was terrible. Everyone I mean, messes up once in a while. Once in a while, but dude, that was just bad. She didn't even jump off the rope. She just fell off the turnbuckle and Mickey just didn't know how to how to sell it at that point. She just crumbled down to it. It was just ugly, man. Ugly. Listen, and- we, we all can't, we all can't have perfect matches all the time. Shit. I don't even wrestle. I'm never going to have a perfect match. You know, John, since Dana Brooks, your new girl, doc brought up a good point earlier in the week. So is Dana Brooke, a baby face on house shows, but a heel on TV tape on TV. <laughs> we did talk about that. Okay. There, there are some flaws in logic here, but you the know. huge flaw in logic. You can't have Dana Brooke be involved in the first match of Starcade, which is a, hev- a somewhat heavily promoted event on the network. Have her come out as the big face team, and then for no reason have her be a part of Team Bliss. Then the very next night on Raw, the very next night we saw, I think Starcade was on a Saturday when they actually recorded it. So two nights later, all of a sudden she's on Team Bliss, and there's no rhyme or reason for it whatsoever. So that was just a problem I have with Dana Brooke this week, besides her um, awful in-ring maneuverings that uh, that uh, Bones was talking about. Well, since we're on the topic of, of things that happened on Monday Night Raw, let's let's talk about some segments that are leading up to the build the TLC, guys. Uh, John, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts on the Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre feud with Braun Strowman, Elias, and Finn Balor? Silence, because I have no opinion on this. I'm not interested in it at all, actually. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with you, man. Like, I'm this, I'm not. I don't think it's good. I don't think it's bad. I'm just indifferent. I don't really care about which isn't good for your main event feud at all. No, like I have no sort of invest. Maybe when Strowman comes back, I might care a little bit more, but I don't really care for how it's being booked at all. Yeah. And as of now, uh, Strowman is out on injury, as we talked about last week. Uh, is he? I, I think it's. I'm pretty sure he definitely had to go for a surgery. I don't think he definitely had a procedure. Work. I think he definitely had a procedure done. He didn't shatter his elbow, but he definitely had a procedure done. Yeah, Doc, mm. you said it was like spurs or something, bone spurs. Yeah, I think he had bone spurs or something, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. It was, so, it was a couple of weeks ago when I was reading. And bone spurs, I mean, that's a quick in and out surgery. 
Yeah, so th- they're definitely playing up the fact that he may not make it back in time for TLC, which means Corbin's going to become the permanent GM. I think that's all the work, and we're going to see Strowman back in time for TLC to take out Baron Corbin. Uh, they did just announce yesterday at TLC that Bobby Lashley is going to take on Elias and Finn Balor is going to take on Drew McIntyre. Lashley! Just... <laughs> I was waiting for you to keep going with that. Lashley! Lashley! <laughs> um, it gets me every time. <laughs> so far, though, both those matches have only been announced as regular one-on-one singles matches uh, with no stipulation, but it is going to be TLC, so we may see some kind of stipulation added this week on Raw. Uh, another match that was included to the TLC card as of yesterday was a triple threat match for the SmackDown Tag Titles. We're going to change gears real quick. Let's talk about the tag division over in SmackDown. We're seeing the Bar defend the tag titles against the New Day and the Usos again. It's the tag booking in WWE is rough in general. I don't understand what they're doing with either of the champions right now. I'm not a big fan of the lose lose a non-title match so you can then win the title match. I think that's lazy, lazy, lazy creative. It's creative not knowing what to do to tag teams. I think part of your problem is just lack of teams that are really good enough to be in the main event picture on both brands, which begs the question, why not just bring the War Raiders and Lorcan and Birch up now? Because they're the two best tag teams in WWE. And there's enough tag teams in NXT to make up for that still. So I think part of the problem with these with the tag booking, like I said, it's just there's not enough top level teams. There really isn't. So we're just seeing the same recycled, rehashed matches over and over and over again. It's time for new blood. You know, the Usos, the New Day and the Bar have each been five time tag team champions. That means it's time for somebody new. Well, WWE is all about breaking records nowadays. Like you see over the past four or five years, all they want to do is break other rest, other people's records. They're looking to make history again, so that's why they're going to keep giving teams like the Usos and the New Day tag titles, even if it's for a short reign, just to say they've had it six times, seven times, eight times. Nonsense. I'm going to sum this up for everyone. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. There is no different result here. We're all mad here. It's time for a change. We're all mad because we keep tuning in each and every week to see if they're going to do something new finally. Well, at least on SmackDown, there's like other good things going on on SmackDown. While on Raw, there's really not much good going on. Doc, I couldn't agree with you more about just the waste of talent they have on the main roster. Like right now, what the fuck are they doing with the revival? And what the hell are Lucha House Rules. I think it's such a waste of really good talent right there that could be... I know we're going back to Raw at this point, but just the tag division in general between both brands. It's atrocious. It's a mess. There's there's now, legitimate if, competition, but they're not being used uh, to their fullest potential. If you're not going to... And if you're not going to use the Revival, if you're over it, whatever, that's fine. Then bring some new teams up and let's try to... If you're done with that and that's not working out for you, then... Bring up the War Raiders. There's no way you can't tell me the War Raiders aren't going to go over on the main roster. It's not like they need to be in NXT. At least one good division that has been showing up each and every week is the women's division. And now going back to Raw, this week Baron Corbin appointed uh, Alexa Bliss in charge of the women's division. 
Uh, I think it's great that they're still keeping Alexa Bliss prominent and uh, in front of everyone's face each and every week on Raw, even though it's not uh, in an in, in-ring capacity. I really hope that her injury is not as serious as it may seem because she has been out for quite some time. That'd be crazy. But I do like how they put her now in charge of the women's division uh, overall. So what do you guys think about this and what's going to come of this? Two thumbs up. Um, I think Bliss is viewed as highly as almost as highly as Becky and Ronda and Ronda and Charlotte are in the promotion in WWE. So they're going to do everything possible to keep her on TV. Um, her big, her best attribute is her ability to talk. And so being a female GM and her, and her, and being a female GM is just the perfect spot for her. It, it helps uh, keep consistency with Corbin's heel GM character and I think Raw could use her in a GM capacity. I think they're kind of starting to lag behind the SmackDown women a little bit. So maybe Bliss being in charge will give them a little uh, kickstart to catch up to their SmackDown uh, contemporaries. I'm not on the Alexa Bliss train. I uh, Shut up, man. <laughs> I, uh, I appreciate her work in the ring, and I hope she comes back. But I, I don't see the point of this. I think it's a fantastic way to keep one of your best talents on screen. I get it. Keep them relevant. But why don't we get some more people on and go from there? Okay, fine. If, if, if there isn't going to be a – if there's going to be a women's GM on Raw, who who else could it be? If you tell me Nia Jax, I'm going to reach through <laughs> this uh, Google Pixel and slap you. Rhea Ripley. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, most marked answer ever. <laughs> Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke actually yeah, has some experience as she has some experience as the record keeper of Titus Worldwide. She has some front office. She experience. was the statistician for Titus Worldwide <laughs> for a minute, which was another pointless uh, storyline. I like uh, her stats. Let's stay on the topic, guys, of the women's division, and uh, let's go back to what we were talking about earlier. Uh, our our favorite from this week was Nia Jax. What was up with her promo this past Monday on Raw? Like, if she's trying to build anything towards her match with Ronda Rousey, that promo didn't do much. It didn't get me invested in this feud. That segment started off well, and then the wheels fell off really, really fast. And then, like, Ronda came in and made some last-second repairs, and then it didn't matter because the wheels just wound up falling off completely in that segment anyway. Naya can't talk, man. That's just all there is to it. She can't talk. She can't. I think that her mic skills have gotten worse. It wasn't that bad in NXT or when she first started. But for some reason, maybe creative is making her do this. I don't know. But it's it's bad. It, it, is this a micromanaging situation? It's funny. And I listen and I, and I listen to other podcasts and I read up. I see guys like Jericho and Taz all the time talking about how they think part of the problem with wrestling right now is that creative is just too involved. They're not letting them be themselves. And these, these athletes aren't necessarily pure actors. Like they're athletes first. And sometimes creative is trying to force the acting on them rather than let their athletic talents do the shining. We all um, can't be the Miz. Yeah, we all can't be the Miz, right. We all can't be the Rock, and we all can't be John Cena. And I think this is a case of, you know, looking at Nia, like, oh, she has experience as a model. She has experience that. She could be 
uh, an actress, and then she's not. She's a she's a heel that needs a mouthpiece. You want to know who's a really good heel right now on Monday Night Raw? Dean exactly. Ambrose. I thought you were going to say Ruby Riot. I really did. <laughs> well, I mean, Ruby Riot's the best. I mean, in everything she does, I mean that 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 that, that goes without saying. But no, Dean Ambrose is a great heel right now. Uh, let's talk about the continuation now of the Seth Rollins Dean Ambrose feud that we've been seeing on Raw. Now Dean was not on Raw this past week, uh, but Seth Rollins was there and still made their feud very prominent. They have the the vignettes of Dean Ambrose at the doctor's office and whatnot. Um, and I believe it was Michael Cole or Corey Graves during Rollins' match uh, on Monday m- made a very good statement that it's a really bad night for Rollins to put out an open challenge considering Dean is getting in his head. But I think that shows a lot for someone like Seth Rollins. Uh, I think we talked about, I think last week or two weeks ago, we mentioned that we think Rollins is going to be in the universal title picture at some point. So does that mean... Rollins may be losing the IC title to Ambrose at TLC. I can see that. Do you think it's going to happen uh, that soon? No. I, 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 it could. Rumble. So we get to we get to our prediction show in a, in a week or two. I'll I'll give you a more definite answer, but I could totally see a world where that title changes, and it's it's a logical change too. Um, so yeah, Rollins is going to get into that universal title picture more likely than not in 2019, and. Ambrose is set up perfectly for an intercontinental title run. Just got back from injury, kind of redeveloping the character, doing a doing a really good job. I'm really enjoying his his heel segments. Um, I'd like to see him at tapings at this point a little bit more now, like not actually live, not like the vignettes, like vignettes like we've seen. But I think he has been just he's probably been the highlight of Raw since since uh, the Survivor Series and. There's there's actual doubt going into the match against Rollins. Like, oh my God, who? There's suspense. They've built suspense for the match, which is you know. So thumbs up. I'll give Raw creative credit where credits due. I'm on Twitter right now, uh, watching a reaction video uh, from I guess now our associate Issa from uh, Rant with Ant and her reaction video to that whole Dean Ambrose thing. And, oh, I uh, see. This is a good. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. That's why I've been silent right now. I've been I've been watching it, but um, I I don't think he's dropping the title that soon. I think at least the rumble, uh, maybe even after the rumble. I think they're going to try wow. to stretch this one out. Oh. Rollins has to be in the rumble. That has to be in the rumble. I do think that Rollins is going to be in the rumble. I think he has to be in the rumble. So I don't see him dropping the intercontinental title at the rumble. So I don't think there'll be an intercontinental title match at the rumble. So whether Rollins is champion or not at that point, it doesn't matter. You're not going to have a championship match at one of the big four. You're going to have a world. You're going to have two world title match, four world title matches. I think off the two men's and two women's titles will be defended. But I don't think the mid card titles will be or need to be defended. Defend them on the on the Raw after and the SmackDown after. I think what they need to bring back are the multi man ladder matches for the mid card titles at WrestleMania. Yeah, that was the the WrestleMania was a 31 ladder match. The one Daniel Bryan won. Yes. That was awesome. That was, well, that was one that a great Ryder way to kick off Mania. Yep. Following year. Yep. That was a great way to kick off Mania. 
So speaking to Daniel Bryan, let's change gears and switch over to SmackDown. Let's talk about the Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles feud. Uh, Daniel Bryan was not on SmackDown this week, but AJ Styles did make his return and gave his response to the, Dan- the new Daniel Bryan. So, Johnny, what do you think is going to come of this feud, and is AJ Styles going to retain, I'm sorry, win his title back at TLC? I don't think so. I think new Daniel Bryan is getting a monster push, and I think he's going to hold the title for a while. I mean, he deserves it at this point, you know? I, I think that it's going to go at least at least to Rumble again, and I think he might be holding it all the way to Mania. Yeah, new Daniel is definitely going to win this match. Uh, new Daniel Bryan is a big part of SmackDown's plans in 2019, and he's going to be a big part of SmackDown's plans. He needs to be the champion in 20, at least for the first up to Mania of 2019. Um, I did enjoy AJ's promo this week. I have a, I have, I have something I realized about AJ this week since he's come to WWF. AJ, whoa, is a better don't watch it, man. We got to watch it, man. Out. Oh, I was watching some old school this week. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're going to get in trouble, Say man. Say whatever the fuck I want. My God. Is the panda going to come fucking attack me? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyways. So. And the and our podcast is canceled <laughs> after canceled. two episodes. Why? Because I insulted pandas? Get the fuck yourself. Anyway. <laughs> um, the AJ promo on WWE SmackDown Live was absolutely... Which was very good this week, and I've realized something about AJ, that since he's come to WWE at the very least, he's a better face when he's chasing the world title, and he's a better heel when he's holding the world title. Like We could all agree that the heel AJ Styles world title run was a lot better than the face AJ Styles world title run, right? We can all agree on that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bones, yeah, yep. yeah, definitely. So I think we're going to get some really good work out of AJ leading up to this match with Daniel Bryan, which is you know, it it should. This is one of those matches once again where it should be match tonight, and we just hope it lives up to our expectations. Well, let's talk about another match of the night at TLC, guys. So it was announced on SmackDown that Becky was going to defend the women's title against Charlotte. Becky made her return this week, which is what SmackDown's been missing for the past couple weeks. Was ratings were up. Becky. Ratings, ratings, ratings were up because Becky ratings was back. Up. So they announced another match against Charlotte and Becky in the first ever women's TLC match, which is going to be epic. But it didn't stop there. It just got even more epic as the night went on because right during that promo, the entire women's locker room came out and confronted Paige, Becky, and Charlotte saying that they all deserve a shot at the title as well. They keep giving it to the same two people, etc., etc. So they had a battle royal for the nine remaining women in the women's locker room. And the Empress of Tomorrow, Asuka, came out victorious, which now makes the women's championship match at TLC a triple threat TLC match, Charlotte versus Becky versus Asuka. You can't get any more epic than that, guys. It's going to be awesome. I sent you guys a message. I'm pretty sure we were watching SmackDown this week when uh, Paige announced that uh, the Battle Royal was going to happen. I just said, if Asuka doesn't win this, I'm quitting wrestling. And, there, you and did. You did. Yet another 
well done. Women do Battle Royals really well. Another really good main event like Battle Royal. I thought the ending segment with, with Sonya was on the on the on the apron was really well done and it was a lot of fun to watch. And there was actually some um some um what's the word I'm looking for? Some 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 doubt over whether the outcome would be. I could I was in a situation, wow, Sonya might win this. This is gonna be pretty this might be pretty cool. But the right person won. Asuka needs to be in a world title picture. It's an easy way to get her back in the picture. Agreed. Maybe yeah, this, I, will end, this might be the end of Asuka and Naomi, too. We'll see. Yeah, I really thought Mandy Rose was going to be the one who ended up winning that battle royal just because of what they've been doing with her the past few weeks. And I did mention that I thought they were going to rocket strap her, and I thought this would have been the opportunity to. But I was wrong, and I was actually happy about that. Uh, I am happy, though, they're really putting over Sonya Deville between Survivor Series two weeks ago and now her showing in the Rumble, and I'm sorry, the Battle Royal this past Tuesday on SmackDown is great. I think we're going to see some big things coming for Sonya Deville in the upcoming future as well. So, yeah. guys, we need to take an adventure on the indies real quick, but let's real quick, what is your best and worst of Raw and your best and worst of SmackDown? Give us one each. Doc, let's start with you. Uh, best of Raw was unquestionably the Rollins-Ziggler match. Uh, it should have been the main event of the night. I don't know what they were thinking. Worst of Raw, it's, it's a tie between Dana Brooks' booking, inconsistent booking, and Drake Maverick peed on Bobby Roode's robe during a title match. See, I Why thought that was that, pretty hysterical. I thought it was during great. A title, no, that's hysterical when it's like a promo segment. It's not hysterical during a title match for two belts that have been forgotten and that need to be reestablished. That was the bad. For SmackDown, uh, the good is the booking of the women. The women are just, it's the only thing that the two main shows are, are knocking, is knocking out of the park consistently is the booking of the women. And the bad, um, how about Randy Orton eating two 619s and just getting right up from it and kicking Rey Mysterio's ass? Like, what the hell is that all about? You're going to write the 619 twice. He has to win that segment. So that's my bad. All right. So for me, the good of Raw is none of it, and the bad of Raw <laughs> is all of it. It might have been the worst episode of Monday Night Raw I've ever watched. Um, I'll give it to Ziggler and, and Rollins, it, and that might have been like the shining light, but other than that, fuck Raw this week. Uh, SmackDown, on the other hand, I thought was great. I think uh, the good for me, excuse me, was Oscar. Was I thought she was great. Bad. Uh, Rusev's booking, man. That's Not funny because I thought I thought Nakamura needed that beatdown segment. So there was like a good and a bad there. I wish it wasn't against Rusev, but it needed Agreed. to be against somebody. But it needed to be against somebody legit. And Rusev at least is like he may not be like where we want him to be, but he's still a legit player over there. But Nakamura didn't need that segment, so there was good and bad to that, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah, so for me, guys, my best of Raw was I got to see the Riot Squad for a whole, like, oh 45 seconds. And the worst was Nia Jax. And moving on to SmackDown. The best of SmackDown, again, was Asuka winning the Battle Royal. And I also thought the worst was the Nakamura-Rusev segment. Uh, I agreed, Doc. I do think Nakamura needed that beatdown. But I feel like that could have been given a little more time to evolve into something bigger. Again, for those of people that have not seen Starcade, they're not going to know, well, why is Rusev all of a sudden randomly facing Nakamura for the title on SmackDown? You know what I mean? 
Yeah, 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 you're right. But I, I do think, I think there's more to this. I think this is going to continue to go on for a bit. This Nakamura Rusev thing, and I think that was just only the beginning. But Nakamura needs to reestablish himself right now. He's kind of a forgotten about champion, and I think reestablishing the champion is more important than reestablishing Rusev at this point. And I think they're going to start growing him into something bigger as we approach the road to WrestleMania. Ladies and gentlemen, now presenting Adventures on the So, of course, the biggest news on the indie circuit the past few weeks has been the trademarks filed by when they were registered to the home of the Jacksonville Jaguars in in Jacksonville, Florida. And there are trademarks for All Elite Wrestling, All Out, Double or Nothing, Tuesday Night Dynamite, which I find to be the most interesting, uh, AEW, AEW All Out, AEW Double or Nothing. I believe that's all of them. This is one of the more interesting indie promotion stories to come up over to, since the closure of WCW, mainly because for the first time, there is some real money behind this. Now, I don't know if our wrestlers out there are football fans or uh, English Premier League fans, but the Khan family, who has registered these trademarks, are the owners of the NFL's Jacksonville Jaguars and also of Fulham Football Club in London, England. So these guys have Mucho Dinero. Apparently it is the son of of the Khan family. I'm, I forget the names right now, and I apologize to them. But um, apparently he's going to be the, the one in charge of all elite wrestling. It's going to be a partnership with the, with the Young Bucks. And I'm thinking Cody Rhodes is going to be involved in this too. Uh, Jericho and Jim Ross are doing all they can to distance themselves from it, which makes me believe they're not in on the booking or creative end, but there's a good chance they'll be in on the talent end, whereas Jim Ross could possibly be the lead announcer and Chris Jericho could be, you know, one of your top card guys. Uh, This is very interesting because these guys are going to have the money to match Vince McMahon. These men are richer than Vince McMahon. They have more money than Vince McMahon. And they have they probably have more power in the sports industry than Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. So it is going to be a very interesting, a very interesting to see how this plays out over the next year or two. And if you know, I also want to see. I said that Tuesday Night Dynamite was really weird, because, not weird, but it caught my eye because it looks like they're going to run their show on a Tuesday night if they do this, which I think is is a good idea once SmackDown leaves Tuesday night. And they don't, there's not going to be any direct competition yet. And there shouldn't be. You wait till you're ready to go on Monday nights. As we see, Impact made that mistake years ago. Now, Doc, I want to ask you, what do you think about the talent we're going to see at All Elite Wrestling? Cody did send out a tweet this week, pretty much an open tweet, asking if anyone knows of any men and women independent wrestlers who are not signed to any promotions currently, because he wants to know. So who do you think we're going to start seeing uh, transfer over to the AEW promotion? You could see guys. I see guys like Willie Mack, um, guys like Moose. Um, the, a big, a big land for them would be getting someone like Kenny Omega, or any of the Japanese guys, any of the NJPW guys. Um, I think anybody on Impact's roster is paying attention to this because it's going to be a very similar 
type promotion, but with a lot more money. These guys are going to make mucho dinero. You're going to see, and you're going to see WWE guys go to this if the money's there. You're going to see a Dolph Ziggler go here. You're going to see a Finn Balor go here. You're going to see a Rusev go here. If there's nothing that's going to keep them, Bray Wyatt. Look at Bray Wyatt, who has absolutely nothing. He could be making probably better money and getting more TV time. So I think guys like that, you can see John Morrison involved as Austin Aries. I think every single wrestler in North America and Japan and NJPO is a player here because there's money. When money talks, everybody's listening. We all know that in the wrestling industry. Look at WCW in the 90s. And these <laughs> guys have money. They have tons of money. <laughs> a little Ted DiBiase reference. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, there, there's, I think everybody's a player bone. You know, I gave you guys who are off the top of my head would really help them, but everybody's a player. Everybody outside of like John Cena and Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, WWE's big guys. Speaking of other indie promotions, the talent they have now will has a has a very busy uh, next few months ahead of them. ROH Final Battle takes place on December 14th, and just announced by Triple H himself, the first ever NXT. You would. NXT UK Takeover will take place from Blackpool in in the motherland in England. It'll be on January twelfth, twenty nineteen. I believe that's a week before the Rumble. And to tell us more about that, I'm going to send it over to the Smark and his third brand segment. So I get my own segment finally. So here's the third man with the third brand. So let's talk about Black and Yellow. We have a whole bunch of different factions of it right now. And I think a lot of people are really interested in what's going on with the UK brand in the motherland. I don't know whose motherland you're talking about. That's not my motherland. I'm going to talk about my motherland in a second because there's some big news out of my motherland with a new signee. But NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool, first of all, sold out incredibly fast, which I think is awesome. I think it's really cool that European fans have, um, especially UK fans, have kind of embraced their own brand of WWE wrestling, but this is really cool. I didn't think we were going to see a takeover from the UK brand for a while. You know, it's small. They're, they're running shows in really weird venues. I think you can all agree with that, right? Some of those venues are really weird, right? But let's talk about this. You know, we triple H is starting all these crazy things and we already have four matches announced. Uh, first of all, my girl Rhea Ripley is going to be defending her UK women's title against Tony storm. I think that might actually headline. I think that's going to headline over Pete Dunn versus Joe Coffey, which I think is cool. You know, the women are getting a lot. Uh, As far as Pete Dunn and Joe Coffey, I love the Coffey brothers and Wolfgang. I'm hoping that even though they are on NXT UK, that maybe we'll see some type of invasion of regular NXT or even one of the big brands. I I think if you bind uh, all black and yellow together, I think it'd be kind of a cool uh, invasion thing. But we also have some other matches I want to get to. Uh, Mustache Mountain versus the Grizzled Young Veterans, which is pretty interesting name. I hope it gets changed. That's uh, Zach Gibson and James Drake. Uh, I'm I'm pretty high up on on Zach Gibson, so hopefully we see some good stuff out of them. And then there's a no DQ match. Uh, Eddie Dennis, who I could see going places against one of my favorite guys to watch, uh, Dave Mastiff. I don't know how you guys feel about this guy, but. For how big he is and how he moves, he is so much fun to watch in the ring. Yeah, I love Mastiff, man. I, I love when I, – I don't know what it is, but like big guys that can move is just the most impressive thing to watch for me. 
Yeah, you know, Mastiff totally fits, and Mastiff's a little unique. He's, a, he's his character's just a little different from the Keith Lee's and the Lars Sullivan's and the War Raiders of the world. So it's for not the big guys. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, going back to the tag match, you know, there was a tournament for the uh, for the championship for the tag championships. I was really surprised uh, that Zach Gibson, James Drake beat Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews. I thought they were actually going to come on top there. I think Flash Morgan Webster is. Fantastic. I love him and I love his character. Uh, he looks like he should be singing for Oasis, which is fun. Uh, I was not surprised that Mustache Mountain went over Wolfgang and Mark Coffey, who are calling themselves Gallus, which is weird. But I can get into that name. Gallus? Yeah, I can get into that. What does that even mean? I don't, I don't know. know, but I can get into it. <laughs> so let's go back to the Homeland thing. Uh, NXT UK is going to be great. And NXT UK is getting... A crazy new signee. I don't know if you noticed this, uh, but I think he's going to UK. I don't think he's going to he the main black and yellow I brand. Think, yeah, he is. He is. But a man from my homeland of Austria, Walter. <laughs> Walter has signed with NXT. This guy, first of all, is your Lars Sullivan replacement. Dude, this Walter guy is going to make some waves. I, I think it would be really cool to see him. He's going to do some squash matches when he debuts. That's what's going to happen with Walter. Um, I'm interested to see if he drops the uh, uh, the championship he currently holds. Um, Progress. Yeah, I I don't know. You know, there's such a cool like camaraderie between Evolve and Progress and NXT UK. I wonder if he'd keep it. They keep it on him for a little bit. Does is Walter? Does Walter the one who dethrones Pete Dunne? Mm. If they bring Walter in as a big heel. Then I can see that happening. He's yeah. only going to be a heel. There's no way this guy is going to be a face. Yeah. And Walter yeah, and Pete Dunne do have there. a history from the indies as well. They've met each other a few times in the ring before. Walter has a lot of history with a lot of NXT guys in the indies. Yep. A lot of NXT guys yep. have, have, have Matt Riddle, Adam so, Cole, yeah. Chris Hero. I mean, I can keep going down this list. I mean, like, I mean, there, Walter's so grand. Many. He ran PWG for a bit, and a lot of WWE's NXT talent comes from PWG. So yep. this, this is just nice continuation. It's nice to see all these guys continue to climb the, climb the uh, mountain. So we'll see what happens to Walter. I think it's going to be a really big thing, and I'm really excited for NXT TakeOver uh, Blackpool. I think it's going to be a good job. Back to you, Brain. I mean, Bones. Awesome. Thank you, Johnny. And Fourth Wall fam, I hope you guys enjoyed our new segment, The Third Brand with The Third Man. That's, That's where we're me. going to talk about our de- developmental territories, NXT, NXT UK, and also touch on any 205 Live news that we may have for you each week. But now, gentlemen, let's go to our final topic for today. Let's talk about how Season 2 of the Mixed Match Challenge has been plagued with injury. We have lost superstars like, at this point, Braun Strowman, Kevin Owens, Sasha Banks, Alexa Bliss. These are some of the big names that were involved with the first season of Mixed Match Challenge. So do you guys think that these injuries kind of hurt the brand on the second season? I, I think, I mean, I no, I don't think it hurts the brand because I don't think the brand was very important to begin with. I think I, I always viewed Mixed Match Challenge as something completely separate from storyline. It's just wrestlers having tag team matches. You know, it's nothing more, nothing less. 
But then all of a sudden, WWE adds a stipulation of whoever wins the mixed match challenge gets the number 30 entrant into the Royal Rumble. Cool. No problem. But why did you wait until the quarterfinals to announce this and not announce it at the beginning of the tournament so people would care more? Like, the reason I don't watch Mixed Match Challenge is because I don't care about anything. It doesn't lead to anything. So you wasted, what, how much long has it been on for? Two months now, almost, mm -hmm. yeah, of Mixed Match Challenge where there's no stipulations and nobody cared. Just, I don't get it. Doc, it's because, get it. Doc, it's because the stipulation didn't exist. They just came up with this. Someone had a great idea in the shower or, or dreamed about it one night. And uh, they're like, oh, this would be great. And that's when it came out. It didn't yeah. exist. I, I guarantee you're, probably, you're exist. probably right. And you're probably right. You're, I, I, I can't see how you're wrong there. Uh, honestly, I'm going to go back to what I said. I feel like the injuries did hurt the branding on the second season. I feel like this was a last ditch effort to bring some life back to the Mixed Match Challenge brand. So that way now people will be more interested in watching it in the third season. And I don't know if you guys realize, but the finals of the Mixed Match Challenge is going to be at TLC. I'm going to be very honest with you. I have never seen an episode of Mixed Match Challenge. And I'm sorry. I know I work for, or not work, but I know I contribute to a wrestling podcast. But there's a couple of reasons why I don't. One is because... <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't care about this, it not being a storyline, but it, it doesn't interest me. Uh, and two, I don't, I don't know how to use Facebook Watch. <laughs> no, you can watch it on the network. It, it's on the network money. now. Yeah, it's on the network too. Which is but, good. But it's, I'm, just, I'm but, just not interested in it. I watched uh, the first episode. I just wasn't interested. I'm like, this is, there's no storyline here. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's, guys, it's, it's not like it's different wrestlers that you don't see. I mean, now it is because everybody got hurt. So now, you know, Kurt Hawkins is involved and and, and uh, Jeff Hardy. Well, I guess you see Jeff Hardy all the time. There's nothing wrong with Kurt Hawkins. He's an ally brother. There's I nothing no wrong with him, but he is ruining Ember Moon. Poor <laughs> Ember. Why does she have to get stuck now with I Kurt understand. Hawkins? He's coming out with her on Raw now, too, and I don't even understand that pairing at all. On a light side, Doc, on a light side, Doc did you see his new shirt uh, in blue and orange in the Mets font? No. Yeah. Because he want was, was he want to keep on losing? Come yeah. on, lose forever, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. I actually might buy it because I'm a Mets fan and I feel bad for Kurt Hawkins. All right. So, guys, so far in the semifinals of the Mixed Match Challenge, we have Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox taking Who? on Finn Balor and Bailey. That's on the Raw side. On the SmackDown side, we're going to find out this week. We still have Jeff Hardy and Charlotte Flair taking on R-Truth and Carmella, and the winner of that match will face the winner of The Miz and Asuka versus Jimmy Uso and Naomi. So out of all those superstars I just mentioned, who deserves to get the number 30 spot in the Royal Rumble more? Either Finn and Bailey or Miz and Asuka. That's the only, they're the only, if I look at the one, two, three, four, five, six teams left, they're the only two teams where I could see them like getting that, spot and making something like useful out of it agreed but watch we get a swerve and it's like jimmy uso and naomi <laughs> or gender and alicia fox yeah because actually I would, if, if we're gonna get a swerve spot if we're gonna get a swerve it, it better be our truth in carmella and, and number 30 better just be a dance break she better come in and the ring's cleared and it's just dance break because i love and the dance break i do too 
So I, I think we're going to end up seeing The Miz and Asuka winning this because I feel like if The Miz and Asuka win, it makes sense in storyline. Asuka was the one who won the first Royal Rumble, and now she gets to enter at number 30 on her second year. And The Miz goes in at number 30. The Miz wins the Rumble, and then The Miz can go feud with Daniel Bryan going into WrestleMania. You have a vivid imagination, my friend. Raw's Raw's winning the Men's Rumble. Yeah, which sucks because it should be SmackDown. It's either it's going to be Seth or it's going to be Drew. So, Johnny, who do you think is going to win the Mixed Match Challenge Tournament? Not interested. Oh, you got to make a prediction. You can't just say not interested when you don't like it. You have to hashtag be involved, Johnny. Put your, your fucking name to something. I I don't even know. Like you get two. Listen, you get two options. You get the Miz and Oscar, or Finn Balor and Bailey. There's I your feel two like, options. But I feel like there's only one real thing here. It's it's got to be the the Miz and Oscar. Okay. I, I, so I don't it. see. I think it's yeah. a great pick. It's a great pick. It's a great pick. Don't worry. Uh, uh, it bothers you so much. Why do you want to not pick them? I just don't. I don't know. You don't care. <laughs> need you to care more. I'm like, you care more. Stop. We need to go to counseling. No, I, I, it's going to be, it's going to be Ms. and Oscar. I just hear myself say three minutes. We got three minutes and we're out of here. The clock is ticking and we're in the clear. We got three minutes and we're out of here. We got three minutes and we're out, we're out. We got three minutes and we're out. All right, so my final thought this week involves TLC and all the women fighting for championships at TLC this week, this um, in a couple weeks, not this upcoming weekend, obviously. Uh, what you're going to, I think you're going to see the future of the women's division and the title picture really mapped out at TLC coming up because, you know, we all are expecting the Ronda, Charlotte, Becky triple threat at Mania. We still don't know what title they are going to be fighting over. So you may see a big title change at TLC this week to start setting up for that. Because I think that's got to be a long, slow build to Mania. So my final thought, expect a women's title change at TLC. Wow. Bold statement. Bold statement. How about you? How about you, third man? What do you got for us? My final thought is that the black and yellow brand is still putting out better quality product than the big boys. And I love it. And, you know, I, I just hope that the red and blue brand can keep up. I really do. My final thought is also on the women's division, but a specific female superstar, Ember Moon. We mentioned earlier that she's now paired up with Kurt Hawkins in the Mixed Match Challenge, and I was shocked seeing her involved in a segment on Raw with Kurt Hawkins, Jinder Mahal, the Singh brothers, Alicia Fox, and fucking No Way Jose. Like, poor Ember. Can't this... Can't this woman get a title shot already? Can't she be in a real blood feud with someone? Put her in a feud with Ruby Riot. Put her in a feud with Natty. Turn Ember Moon heel. Something. But she's gone SmackDown. Fucking no way, Jose and Kurt Hawkins. Come on, guys. She's gone SmackDown, man. She's gone SmackDown, and she needs to finish her feud with Oscar. Yep. Actually, after TLC, 
I think we're going to have to have our own little fantasy superstar shakeup. I like it. That we're going to be seeing uh, after WrestleMania. They always have the annual superstar shakeup. Let's do a fantasy one after TLC and see who needs to to make the the jump to the to a new brand. Well, that's all the time we have today, good brothers. So on that note, if this is your first time tuning in, I am JC Bones. I am Doc Koss. And I am the fourth man. <laughs> Get it? No, I'm the third man, Johnny Smarks. And we are the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. Please be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fourth Wallcast. That's the number four, T-H-W-A-L-L-C-A-S-T on Twitter and Instagram. If you liked what you heard and you enjoyed the Fourth Wall experience, be sure to tune in every Saturday on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. And please don't forget, January of 2019, you will find the Fourth Wall WrestleCast on Wrestle Addict Radio, an affiliate of the Rant with Ant family. Please be sure to recommend to all your friends to like, share, subscribe, hearts, rate us, thumbs up, all that cool stuff, and help this thing grow and grow into the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Once again, we are the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. Goodbye and good night. Woo! I love I see new life unfold Each second I burn brighter Your fire is going cold You could try to beg for mercy Go ahead and try to run No escape and no redemption Understand
I'm sorry. What the fuck guys. was that, dude? <laughs> oh my god! It's called a death yodel. Only French bulldogs do it. What the fuck was that? Did <laughs> <laughs> you hear that noise, dude? <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Jess. So we're we're recording, and all of a sudden there was like this like air raid sound. It sounded like a Star Wars character. It sounded it sounded like a, a a Tie Fighter. It was it was fucking Logan. It was D- John's dog. He called it he called it a death yodel. Oh, we got to work that yodel into the show somehow. No, I didn't buy you a new refrigerator. Got you. Sorry, Bones. guys. Yo. The new three-minute warning signal is is Logan's yodel. Logan. <laughs> you got to isolate that out. That's right? got to be the th- – that should be the three-minute warning signal. <laughs> Logan's yodel, dude. <laughs> I have to see how, the, how that sounds on the playback now. That's, that's Next original, Next time he does it, though, you got to grab your phone or record it. Definitely. How many shows have a French bulldog yodel? <laughs> right. 